Hey, what's up? I'm at the New Jersey Horror Con. This is Jesse HS with the Heart God Media Podcast, and I have Dan from Inked Up Merchandise here. Dan, what's up? What's going on, everyone? Now, I've been seeing you at uh, cons for the past few years, and we've kind of always like ran into each other, seen each other and stuff. Uh, you don't have a setup at this one, but uh, kind of tell us what... How long have you been going, like, as a fan, and now as a, a vendor you are, uh, like, kind of when you started and all that? Um, so, I started going to conventions actually not too long ago. Um, probably 2011, 12? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been a horror movie fan for forever. And then just didn't realize it was right under your nose all the... Yeah, I guess I, I didn't really I knew about like Fangoria in the past like, right the Fango Fest and yeah. all that stuff and for some reason I just never took that leap and just went to it and I realized I missed out now I regret it completely to yeah, this day because yeah. especially like back then it was like oh show up with your poster or your yeah yeah and how much does it cost it's free yeah right? you're just paying an entry fee and so getting into it now it's it's become a costly hobby but a hobby I still enjoy yeah, nonetheless yeah. and then um yeah so I had my business inked up merch man since now did you start printing band merch first yes. was that I yeah, figured that yeah probably yeah that's where yeah. I started um I started with a good friend of mine uh Joey who was uh in a band called Antarabe from Long okay. Island oh yeah I saw them in a show I think it was like an unearthed show in like right. 2004 or 5 up in Syracuse yeah so oh, yeah and I remember I couldn't pronounce the name, but I remember that <laughs> no. band for sure. The, fu- the funny thing is, if you put a D in front of that, that spells out my first and last name. Really? Yes. No shit. <laughs> little, little, little fact one. But yeah, yeah, we we were um, we were great friends growing up um, in the Long Island hardcore scene, and we started the business doing a lot of stuff because he had connections with the bands, and I had some connections with the local bands. Yeah. And we did it, and after a while, like. Joe, he was trying to find a more stable career, and I really had nothing else going for me, so I stuck with it. Um, and then, around to make a long story short, around 2010, I, I started uh, dating my what became my wife, and uh, I was still doing the business. wasn't so much focused on band merch; was doing more stuff like for businesses and schools yeah. and trying to like branch, branch out, branch out to kind you of know, make a little bit. more The band more. merch thing became such. Um, it became so big, so many companies were popping left and right that it was if you didn't have an online store to support these bands, it, they're not. You know why they're going to bother with exactly. you know because you can you can get your merch printed by them, and they're going to sell for you. Yeah, it's it's a home run. So uh, I tried to kind of branch out, and uh, you know met my wife, and she's like you know she she's a good number cruncher and. She's like, you know, you got enough, to, I think, to do this full time because it was it was still a side gig. You know, I was working at Cablevision. So this is a full time gig for you now, it is, is it? Now, yeah, that's yeah, awesome, yeah, man. I'm yeah. glad you you're able to sustain. sustain yeah, from it's that. awesome. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. Between between the main business part of, of doing stuff for businesses, schools, etc., and then starting the horror online store. Yeah, yeah. Slash vending at conventions. I started that in 2012. Yeah. Just as you know, I, I said, let me start get an Etsy account, see what happens. You know, I'm always seeing a lot of t-shirts and stuff for, for the horror fans, but not so much headwear, you know? So um, I said, let me let me put up some some stuff, some couple things, and, and it just took off. So I think, I think some... Well, I remember seeing it. I remember seeing your setup, and I want to say it was maybe 2013. Might have even been 2014. Actually, a friend of mine picked up 
I want to say like a Halloween three hat with the purple brim. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. he picked that up, and I was just like, "Holy shit, where the fuck did you find that?" Yeah. And he's like, "He's like, hold on, I picked the fucking Reanimator one up with the lime green brim." Yeah. So the next, of course, the next one we went to, we saw you there, and uh, I picked up the Nightmare on Elm Street one. Okay. And I was like, fuck, this is sick. And you were super down to earth. And, like, some vendors, oh. I feel like they don't really know how to be personable with people that are purchased, they're patronizing their business. And yeah. they're just kind of like, oh, it's it's 25. And you try to, like, hey, how's the weekend going? They're like, good. It's, uh, did you want anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. I, I, I'm, I'm, when you come visit my table, it's, that's me. I'm, I'm just another fan. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. It's you know I'm there first and foremost. Yeah, you're, as, it's as, a, as business, a business, regardless. But even if I do shitty that weekend or whatever, the fact that I meet people like you and yeah. other people, I, I, it's just like the hardcore scene, where I think that mentality, yeah, it extends for people that yeah. are raised in the hardcore oh, scene, man. and that the mentality friend, extends everywhere. In yeah, life. yeah, it's the friends I've made. It's fucking awesome, and, and, and it's just cool. Like when someone comes to my table, and I see like, oh, they got this signature by that person. We, we'll talk about that. Yeah, it's just bullshit we, about the weekend. It, yeah, and, you know. So that's 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 also for real. Like that's also part of why I love doing conventions. Yeah, absolutely. Is actually talking to other friends, learning about like we were talking before we started going. Like yeah, just yeah. nerding out, and now I got a new movie to check out. You know, yeah, from you just, just bullshit. You know, and and that's. I love it. I love that. Now, what's... All right, so this is a movie and music podcast, so I got to ask you, what were some of the bands that got you into kind of like metal and hardcore and got you involved in going to the scene? What was like one of the first shows or some of the first bands you got into? So the first show I went to was Glassdraw. Oh, shit. Way before they were signed. They were like my age, 17, 15 15 to 17. And... I just I was just going to the show just to finally check it out and see what it was all about. Like there was this great, great venue, rest in peace, it was called the PWAC, uh, People with AIDS Coalition building. And they uh, I think they rented out to uh, the promoters and um, just ended up going to that show. So this band Glaster opens up and at the time I'm into new metal, like corn, yeah, you know, yeah. and stuff like that, Faith No More. And Glaster opens up with the beginning of Blind by Corn. Oh, I, I no think it was shit. like a joke. I don't know if it was like a for Either real way. thing. So I was like, all right, love this yeah. band because they're opening up with Corn. It's, it's ridiculous saying that now, but like, yeah, I'm not gonna deny it. And I think that was also 25 to Life and Hatebreed. Wow. All fun, fun little fact. Rick to Life has a. It's in Joppa Town, Maryland. There's a flea market outside there, and my buddy lived down in Maryland for a few years, and I'd go down there for, like, uh, Monster Mania for the Maryland one. So he brought me to this. Oh, oh my God, this is a great story. So he brought me to this flea market. He's like, you know, Rick to Life has a whole store. Literally, it looks like he robbed Hot Topic from, like, 99 to 2002. (laughs) Everything, all the shirts are, like, $45. All the CDs are, like, $25. They're, like, half open. Hold on, this is the kicker. I find a typo negative uh, October Rush shirt, so I was like, oh shit, I gotta pick this up. And he's shot. And his kid's like selling stuff for him. And I buy he's it. He's got a kid. Yeah, he's got a kid. Oh, wow. And his kid looks like super straight lace, like L.O. Bean like looking kid. So <laughs> I buy this shirt, I go home, I put it on. My hands, it looked brand new. My hands went 
directly through both sides of it. It was like it was paper mache, like I could shred it. I don't know if, and it said blue grape on it, so it was like an old blue grape, blue grape. type oh, right, negative yeah, like yeah, shirt. Yeah, it was legit. So I don't know if some chemical got on it, but I literally could just shred it like it was paper mache. Uh, so now there's an infamous story about uh, Rick to Life selling paper mache shirts sure. down at uh, Flea Market, down at Joppatown, so Maryland. Besides duping the, the CDs. Yeah. <laughs> So like, and he's still like super shot. Like he's selling like uh, like a Hulk Hogan shirt, like an original. He's like one twenty five. He's like, if you spend one sixty, I'll knock it down to one twenty. Like what? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I I mean, this is hardcore. He didn't even do the reunion with them. No, no. You know, like it's crazy. Did you go to that this year? I did not. I wanted to for Buried Alive. See, I wanted to go for Disembodied. All right, all right. Never was really a disembodied fan, and I actually just watched their stuff in that. Oh yeah, Martyr AD played too. I don't know if you ever got into them. The band, you know, they formed. Oh, they, they did play Ash- as well. Then? Yeah, they okay. formed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was the bass player, right? And it, it was everyone, I think, but the singer and I think oh, maybe right. the drummer. Okay. Yeah, but their set was awesome. Yeah. Never yeah. being a fan uh, of them, just like musically, really. Yeah. They were that. Dude, it's like it wasn't even like a reunion. It was yeah, like, like they didn't miss a beat. I was hoping they were gonna do Dine Alone, but yeah, quick sand cover. Well, you know what's funny is uh, I have friends that have went to it. I haven't been to this as hardcore because I feel like it's a little bit. There's a lot of posturing. I feel like people are there's kids there that are more there to buy the merch than they are to actual actually see the bands and things like that. It's funny you say that because I my friend a bunch of my friends went for Buried Alive as well. Yeah, and you know they were able to sit through a lot of the band. That was my main thing. It's like, I just can't do You're these talking like 9, 10, 11, 12 hours. Yeah, it's just like, I just, I know that makes me sound like really old and jaded, but like, I just, and there were other bands I wanted to see. It's just like, I, I know very lot. I'll, I'll, I'll probably be asleep, you know? Like, but anyway, I told them, I said, listen, any Buried Alive shirts, size large, I don't care. Yeah. Just get me one. They were sold out that morning. Yeah. That's what my buddy was saying. He said the lines, the lines for all the merch was crazy. He said like Disembodied's line. He said it was like he's like he waited in there to get a shirt for his friend or something for like two hours, and he's just like fuck it, like waiting to buy a T-shirt for two hours. Yeah, it's, it's unfat. I, I can't even. They wouldn't even wait outside the show to get in for two hours, let alone for the sh- uh, but the waiting line for the shirt. I yeah, I don't think I would ever. But you know what's gonna happen? They're gonna go into obscurity again. And then those shirts are going to sell for a hot dime on eBay. Right, right. Well, that's probably what half those lines are for. Oh, absolutely. Flipping them on eBay. Flipping them. Which is just... But, cool. So you're here today. You don't have your setup, but you're kind of browsing. Uh, was there anyone you were meeting today? Oh, yeah. I'm looking at them right now. Ken, Ken is it Sagos? Uh, Sagos? Sagos. Sagos. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very psyched. I got an awesome... Um, Shout out to Chris Ott, uh, a London 1888 poster. Oh, yeah, London 1888, another great uh, company. Great company. Uh, so I got his, he did a, a Dream Warriors poster, which is my favorite. Uh, oh, yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street film by far. Have you, uh, have you, you haven't met him before? No, it's not, buddy. Um, I have not met him. He's, I've, he's I've super, he's super nice. He's super nice. And I'm bummed, too, because Chiller's going to have the, like, the rest of the gang there, and I can't make that. But, yeah, I'm psyched to meet him and, and, uh, Quigley. 
I'm, oh yeah. First time meeting her, I got my Return of the Living Dead poster. I know everyone's probably gonna listen to this and be like, "You haven't met her yet." Like she's like one of the like. Well, there's some like I still I'm a huge Hellraiser fan, and Doug Bradley. He's been at a bunch I've been in, but I just either I didn't like I ran out of like kind of funds. I was like, I can't drop another thirty bucks. Like, yeah. or he just evades me, and. Hellraiser is like one of my favorite like little franchises and people are like you, how, how have you not met him you've been going for like seven years and like some of these some of these guests just kind of elude you if you're going to these things for a while because yeah. you're focusing on different things but you can't take it you can't take it for granted though man no they <laughs> here today gone tomorrow <laughs> I mean this year has been terrible with, oh with brutal so like you know I don't want to put any jinxes on you yeah know, seriously like, but um yeah so I had you know this place is about a half hour from me so I was like I have Take the drive. Oh, oh it's not bad. It was like a four-hour drive for me. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come from Cuse. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Did you ever head up to Cuse ever for shows ever? Did you? But oh, did yeah, you, yeah. You went to Hellfest, Hellfest right? Hellfest. Yeah. I went to the second Hellfest. Um, I, I would go to some Buffalo shows too yeah. once in a while. Uh, we we had some friends um, that were uh, that we met through the bands, and uh, so we we go to Buffalo as well, Syracuse. You said you played an incendiary. Yeah, for, yeah. We, yeah. We actually we played Syracuse when I was incendiary. We played with a band. Oh man, I can't remember what their name was. We did a week. Were you in the band when did was a split with Soldiers put out? Like some of the guys from This Is Hell. Um, was there a split or I might have even seen a show with like incendiary and Soldiers. Well, you mean like a split? Release or you mean like a, a show where like a like a release oh, right didn't no, was, no there wasn't no. so what happened was um when Incendiary started it was it was Brendan and I and at one point the whole rest of the lineup uh, left um, like all in good terms actually one of the dudes ended up working Obama's campaign oh wow and, and like you know so obviously that's a little more yeah <laughs> right um, so what happened was we got. Audley, who's who was in Soldiers. Oh, okay. Brian Audley, and then um, we got Dan Lamelli, who was in a lot of local bands, Long Island, uh, Love for Enemies, uh, Spankle Fire for Effect, and uh, and then we got uh, Rob on on second guitar, and uh, so that that's been the solid. Those those four have been the solid, really the solid lineup. Yeah. For a while now, but when I left first, I, I left just because I. The main thing again was on good terms. It was just they wanted to do more weekends, and and even though it, it was a part-time thing, it was just still too much. Yeah, for a lot me. of commitment. It still. was a lot of commitment, and I, I you know, like I don't want to you know slow them down or ruin a friendship over over shit. Yeah, like that. yeah. I've done that one in the past. Not worth it. It's stupid. It's the stupidest thing. I. So um. They uh. Yeah, so that's I forget what we're getting at, but yeah, we used to play with Sol- I'm Rick uh, from Soldiers and, and yeah, this yeah, my best friend. He was the best man at my wedding. No and, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shit. Yeah, so he's awesome dude, and he's got a great band called Extinction AD. Yeah, yeah. That everyone should check out. Um, support, you know, smaller metal bands. Oh, absolutely. Because that's a big, that's a big issue right now. Is these a lot of the metal, the metal scene is really tough. Man, I'll I'll tell you, I've seen like. Because I was in a band for a while too. We were around for like four years, was, and then it was called Suspended in Dust. It was more like a metalcore type band, like okay. kind of like a pretty much an unearth ripoff. Okay, um, that's cool. Yeah, but it, it's it'll have like little jumps, little blips on the radar where kids will start going and stuff, and, and then it falls off because it's everything so 
exclusive now, nothing's inclusive. Like it's gonna, you know, we don't want, and you can attest to this because you're 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 older than me, so you can attest to it even more. Is when we started going to shows, uh, metal bands played with hardcore bands. The lines were blurred. It oh. wasn't as segregated. Dude. Now people don't want their metal with their hardcore, no. or the hardcore with their metal. Dude, I mean, I was going to sh- all around. It was insane. It'd be like, um, you know, like a uh, band like I don't know if you ever heard Millhouse. There, there were uh, singer went on to, to sing for Indecision. After oh, the top, okay, top yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So you'd have a band like Millhouse, like this, like screamy, like like hardcore, and then the next thing you knew, there was this band called Inside that would go on next, and they were like a really well-known like emo band from Long Island. It's like it was like complete. I miss those kind of shows, and it's just I don't know what it is. It, it, it's snobbish today. I it it's sucks. it's a complete breakdown, and I'm not sure what it is. But after those like mid 2000s like wore off, yes. like yeah, they just for whatever reason there became like I don't know what it was, but like you could go see like an 18 Visions who like wore makeup and wore, looked nice, but played back back when they played like super brutal. Right. You could catch American Nightmare playing with them, right. or you could catch. They did tour. So yeah, yes. I remember that you probably went to the same tour. It was American Nightmare. It was. I think it was 18 Visions, Every Time I Die, Code 7. I don't know if you remember a band called Code 7. Vaguely. Check them out. And then Poison the Well Headline. Right? And I think Poison the Well Headline. Yeah. Yes. Would never work today. No. It sucks. And and I remember going to that show when it came when the day came through in Long Island for me. I think it was sold out. I, was pretty, I mean, and like you're talking about traditional hardcore band like American Nightmare and then a metalcore band like Every Time I Die. It's... And it's tough, dude. We'll catch you. Dan's got a lot of friends here, <laughs> and there's. It's funny. I did. A, I did a small stint on Warp Tour this year because my friend's band oh, did okay. there. Which for me, it, one last shot. Uh, okay. He was. They're from Syracuse. Okay. So it's funny because for me it was like a Warp Tour has usually got hit or miss uh, bands and stuff, but this year like Candaria, sick of it all. Like I mean, and, and on the metal end of it, like Guar, yeah. like and, and Hatebreed was playing, like so it was like amazing some, for me. And some of the old punk bands too, yeah. they were getting. I know. And the attendance, I guess, was low in some cities. Uh, like the dates we were on, like it was pretty solid. But and it was cool to see like kids you know had no idea who Candiria was watching the Candiria set. Yeah. And honestly, I'll tell you right now. A lot of those bands should be ashamed of themselves that they weren't as good as Sick of It All. Sick of It All is in their 50s, and they put on a way better show with higher energy than any band on the whole tour. I don't think there's any such thing as a bad Sick of It All show. No, It's not no. possible. They give it all, no matter like what the crowd is like, how what the attendance is like. And like, they're playing 25-minute sets. and just killing it. Well, you Straight know, through, right? Like not even Oh, yeah. Nothing. And what's cool is you see some people you wouldn't necessarily think would uh, be super into it. Like, uh, you ever heard of Valiant Thor? They're like, they wear like jean jackets and like long hair. And it's almost like a straight up like rock and roll band. But like, you CKY, like those guys were watching, were finishing. They literally got off, their drummer, uh, Jess, literally got off the stage as soon as he got done playing to watch Sick of It All. And I was just like, and I was sitting there next to him and I was just like, you're watching all these bands that know they're like I need to we're, just got done playing a 25 minute set sweating and they're running across yeah, the, the area to see sick of it all and you'd see like kids start to walk away once you see well I'm like freaking out I'm like they're playing scratch the surface I'm gonna fucking yeah, hit somebody yeah, this yeah. is great yeah yeah it's funny I, I heard it's funny you said it because I heard uh, I listened to Jamie Joss's podcast yeah same here 
And I don't know if you heard the one where Pete was on from Sick of It All, and he was saying just what you said. He's like, dude, I'd be looking in the crowd, and there's like a dude that's like dressed up in like, like, like goth paint or whatever. Yeah. And he's just going off to us. Oh yeah. Awesome. Because like, they're, and, and they're more band. open-minded, and that and but they're draws it. You got a dude that's in his fifties with their guitarist. Uh, is it Pete? Pete? Yeah. Pete, Pete, Pete Kohler. Yeah. Is jumping straight up in the oh, air. Dude. And more energy, and then you got these bands that are kind of going up there and phoning it in, and I'm just like, man, you should be embarrassed that you're even on this tour. Well, if you listen to his episode, dude, he like does like MMA, like he does crazy work. Yeah, like I'm listening, I'm just like, I feel like a piece of shit right now. Yeah, like I'm like, this guy is doing this band still. Doing these crazy workouts and like <laughs> better, like you said, better shape than like all those like younger yeah. bands put together. It's insane. Actually, a funny story. I was walking. It was uh, we were getting ready to leave. Our last day was like I think the Camden day. No, it was like the Scranton day. I think. Okay. And I'm leaving. And Frank, uh, Frankie Three Gun from uh, Hatebreed, and he was in like Integrity and right. a couple other bands. He was walking by, and I was wearing a Night of Living Dead shirt, and he's like, "That shirt's sick, man." And I was talking to him a little bit about, like, Romero and stuff. And, like, ten days later or whatever, George died. And I was just like, man, that's it's yeah. crazy. And But it's kind of – there is a little bit of a, a crossover that, with people that go to, like, uh, you know, shows, metal and hardcore shows that are here. Because I'll walk by and I'll randomly see, like, like an Infest shirt or something random. Like, I saw, like, an Infest shirt earlier. I was like – how the hell is there someone wearing an Infest shirt here? I think but especially there's... the punk scene. Oh, yeah. Especially the punk yeah. scene. I mean, like, you know, Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. The whole soundtrack is I mean, is that just is punk rock. complete punk rock. You know, um, and, uh, yeah, look, I mean, uh, the, the last the last Monster Mania I was at, a uh, guy comes to my table, he's like, oh, Scott Ian saw your, uh, one of your shirts, he wants your shirt. Huge Harfin. That's sick. And then the rest of the weekend, uh, there was... Charlie and Frank from Anthrax were also yeah there. Charlie and just, yeah just walking around like like regular fans like yeah I saw to find yeah cool I, yeah on. just because well he's been on you know episodes of The Walking Dead and stuff right, and I know right. those guys are yeah I mean obviously I don't know if you Stormtroopers of Death they had you know oh, song yeah, Freddy Krueger I right, mean obviously right. they're horror fans yeah 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 so it, yeah it goes hand in hand I yeah. mean it's like it's two it's two like scenes for outcasts. Oh, absolutely. That's one hundred percent. That's and I think that's part of the reason why why they go hand in hand. Hell yeah. Well, Dan, thanks for taking a little bit of time here away from your uh, your browsing of uh, vendor tables and stuff, man. We'll be here all night. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe we'll get together uh, soon again and do Absolutely. this again. Absolutely. Uh, this has been Dan with uh, Inked Up Merchandise. Uh, where can we? Where can people find you and Inked Up on uh, social media? All right. So uh, Instagram is Inked Up Merchandise. Twitter is at Inked Up Merch. Uh, I'm on Facebook, um, and then our website's just InkedUpMerch.com. And uh, yeah, uh, we got uh, lots of brand new stuff coming out for the fall line. So keep tabs. We're going to start doing some um, giveaways, uh, which we'll have more news on that. So, and uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome, man. Thanks, Dan. All right. Appreciate it. Appreciate it.
And here we are, post New Jersey HorrorCon on Saturday. Saturday, what is today? The 23rd? 22nd? Something like that. Something like that. It's irrelevant. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the uh, small little interview I had from, with Dan from Inked Up. Uh, that was really, uh, really a cool conversation. The first time Dan and I actually had a a chance to kind of talk we'd kind of just seen each other and recognized each other from you know him being a vendor and uh myself and uh some friends just rolling up into the you know the horror circuit here and there um so it was cool to catch up with him uh get to you know get to you know a little insight on how he you know started going to conventions and you know became a vendor and is you know sustaining himself with inked up which is awesome to hear you i love hearing about any you know those successful vendor stories or guys that are maintaining that fully now um so that's awesome and dan was a really down to earth really good dude too uh uh and you know i consider him uh, a fellow horror and uh music friend uh perfect for this podcast so hopefully we can have him on soon and check out uh his company inked up uh, it's inked up merchandise on Instagram, and I think inked up mm, inked up merch on Twitter. Uh, check them out. Search them on uh, Instagram. Awesome embroidered hats. Amazing. I'm wearing a, a Canon embroidered hat from Inked Up right now. Uh, so definitely check out Inked Up. Uh, good people and good product. Definitely check that out. So here we are, post New Jersey HorrorCon, the first New Jersey HorrorCon that I've went to. Um, plenty of horror conventions in New Jersey. You got Chiller Theater. You got Monster Mania. Now there's New Jersey HorrorCon, which I think is its second or third year, I think. Uh, and, John, this was your first uh, New Jersey HorrorCon as well. Let's kind of go through and talk about what we thought of the New Jersey HorrorCon in... It's, insulin? In, insulap? What the fuck's the name of it? Uh... Isolin, I'm not positive, but Southern New Jersey. South Jersey. South Jersey. Um, well, I say we break it down into the pros and the cons, the positives, the negatives of that convention, that experience, um, starting with the good. And uh, I'd like to start off and say it's nice that we didn't have to fucking park in the next zip code over. Uh, it was, it yeah. was nice to actually get a... Uh, a parking spot in front of the fucking hotel yep. and be able to walk in. Showing up at noon, I believe the doors probably opened at like 10, 10 and we showed noon, up a little noon, after noon. 12, 30 on a Saturday, which is typically the busiest day of these events. You yeah. Know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You roll in. Friday, into- some people still getting there. Saturday is full blown con mode. Sunday, wrapping up people have you taken roll, their planes. You so. roll up to Cherry Hill for Monster Mania on a Saturday at 12:30 like we did today at the New Jersey Horicon. You ain't you ain't parking anywhere near it. If you do valet, you're paying. You're paying and they'll have the board with the keys on it and then have the board fall and have the keys go all over the place and it looks like the fucking goddamn the the Christmas tree ornament fucking set from Home Alone where he set them all on the ground and fucking Marv came in through the window and stomped on them and they don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> and they're handing you keys of uh, some, to somebody yeah. else's vehicle. So that was, uh, that was a positive. Um, I'd say that the 
ticketing process went fairly smoothly. We got right in line. It, it wasn't uh, a fucking mystery like it is at Chiller Theater, another New Jersey convention. Where where's the ticket counter? Like, how do you even get there? Yeah. Here, here was pretty straightforward. We got a ticket, reasonably pr- priced, fairly priced, pretty competitively priced, thirty dollars, which is the going the rate, the standard rate. Um, so uh, that that went smoothly. Um, now you know, getting meandering into the convention itself. Fairly small, fairly small space. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot of vendors or or guests really. Comparatively, if you're you if know, you're to comparing to some of the Mania. yeah to some of the bigger conventions or the more popular conventions, uh, a little size down. But I don't think the setup was bad at all. Definitely a little crammed in that one area. Uh, but it had a decent flow. Yeah, uh, not well. By the it same, wouldn't have if if, if, if it was traffic cr- had increased. If it was cr- more crowded, if there was uh, more, you know, Congestion. more attendees, it would definitely have been a little more uncomfortable. But the fact that it wasn't, it worked. Um, with that said, this is the first convention I've been to in a while where the prices were, f- for the very most part, down. Yeah. And I've never seen that before, and they've only steadily went up. This is the first time I've seen them go down. That, exactly, and that sort of broke that trend for a long time. Now. I mean, you're We've talking about it. seven or eight, nine year trend. You know, first one every to, year increasing. Yeah, so, sometimes, sometimes very, very minor. Uh, sometimes that's not to say everybody's was down, but a lot of people's uh, prices, a lot of you know, quote unquote celebrities' prices were down, which is nice, you know. Um, com- gives you a little bit, uh, a little bit of extra cash to grab some lunch, um, to grab a drink on the way home, to browse the vendors. Um, you know, typically you walk out of Monster Mania Con and, you know, you, you had to sell your firstborn child to, you know, <laughs> get an autograph. But, it, no, I think you're absolutely right. Some of the people we, we had an opportunity to meet today, there was a Cabin Fever um, reunion. Uh, Serena Vincent, unfortunately, had to cancel because she had a death uh, at the last moment and, and, and Ryder Strong was not there. Um, but the other three main cast members were um, all either 20 or $25, a nice, uh, a nice rate, I feel, for what you get. They'll sign either, a, you know, an 8x10 glossy off their table um, or your item, and they'll take a photo with you. For $20, $25, um, lately we've been seeing a lot of people that are really marginal in the industry, and they're at least minimum $30. Yeah, that's so the standard right. for that. It, it definitely took a step back and we discussed this on the on the ride home reasons why that may be was it because they knew this was a by newer the, convention with lesser traffic um by the same token a lot of these guests though aren't aren't common occurrences for you know the obviously the mecca being monster mania which we've been to monster manias more than any other convention obviously and one day we'll cover you know when we hit another monster mania uh you know preferably the ones in cherry hill those are you know those are the bigger ones the one in in uh hunt valley, hunt, hunt valley is a little a little smaller a little low-key yeah, yeah not as many people i mean every time we go to Ch- cherry hill though the crown plaza it's it's, it's big it's bigger and bigger and, and matter and matter for sure uh and that it's not a bad thing 
Yeah, I, I think that it was nice to see uh, a different uh, group of guests there. there. You know, all the conventions we've attended all across the country, from Texas Frightmare um, and Dallas to Spooky Empire and Orlando, Florida. You know, we've been to a lot of different conventions. And to see, you know, I've never seen Joey Kern at a convention that I've attended. And the guy doesn't look like he's aged a, a goddamn day from the grind set. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he really, um, it's amazing. Um, both him and James DeBello. Both seemingly very, very nice uh, dudes, too. Very super just down to earth, like there to chill, like uh, good dudes. I mean, even uh, Jordan Ladd, everyone, you know, the, those three seemed very, like, just happy to be there like didn't you know see didn't take their fans for granted didn't didn't walk any walk in with any attitude or you know which we encounter occasionally people that you know think highly of themselves so that was nice like you said that was huge the prices were uh, you know when you go to these things you try to budget beforehand as much as possible you try to uh, look at the guest list and and, and say i want to get x y and z um well as dan had mentioned it's you know it's it's a yeah it's an expensive hobby to have uh increasingly yeah increasingly so yeah and that's uh and that's why it was nice to to walk in and sort of feel like okay i just went back five or six or seven years and now you're uh it did have 20 bucks again it's like this is a beautiful thing yeah and there were a lack of vendors there um but to that same to to that same point you know, we heard vendors kind of saying, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of window shopping. No one's really buying anything. And I know there was a couple vendors that were uh, really displeased with the few that were there. Obviously, we didn't see a lot of the common, like the reoccurring vendors that we always, you know, see, know, and love. Um, you and know, like we talked about earlier, you know, just sort of chatting on the way home. Um, it's some of that comes down to it just being a newer unproven convention yeah. you know certain vendors don't want to um like you talked earlier with your friend um there's money on the line here for these people hundreds yeah. of, but you know and and it's not when you're a small business owner you're trying to make a living off of the products you're vending that that four hundred dollars that's that can make or break you, you know what I mean? So um, for some of these these newer conventions, they don't really have that track record to back up um, how much they're charging for vendor space. Uh, for some people, it might be too much of a gamble. They might want to uh, see how things pan out, how much of an attendance there is, um, what people's feedback about the convention is before they decide to, to commit to an entire... Th- because it's right. not just the money of the vendor space. You're spending three potentially four days i don't know they set up maybe thursday i am not positive but the convention typically friday saturday sunday so uh there's a commitment involved and uh yeah you're right it was pretty sparse for sure there were you know a few uh a few favorites like joel robinson yeah um, always has a great setup some of the absolutely joel's an amazing artist uh, uh we saw those, uh, dead end threads from albany was there uh, as dead well end threads yep we saw um, had a chance to stop by the trauma table. Um, visited with Lloyd Kaufman. Had uh, had my uh, Silent Night, Bloody Night, one sheet poster signed by um, by Lloyd. And, he's and Lloyd always signed for free. Lloyd's, Never charges a dime. Lloyd is uh, if you ever get a chance, you know he makes a lot of appearances. Um, 
particularly at uh, Monster Mania Con, you'll, you'll see him there. Usually yeah. they're set up. Lloyd and when we and... walked by him, when you uh, approached him, and we were just walking by, and you're like, hey, I'll, I'm going to have Lloyd sign this. Uh, he was just perusing the vendor table. It's just like anybody else, and he, he, he has never been a person as legendary as he truly is. He's never put himself in that position to say, look at me, I'm a fucking legend. I'm a fucking icon. He's always just been, oh, wow, hey, thanks for, uh, oh, that's cool, you know, like very down to earth, just like stoked to see what you're going to pull out for him to sign. Like, all he's put, he, he, he still supports his product and he says, hey, if you, you know, he, this is what got me and what I love about the whole idea of trauma and what it's kind of done. And it's been around for 43 years. And the, here's a testament to that is Lloyd said, Hey, we got this subscription service for our movies. It's four ninety nine a month, but if you don't want to do that, they're online for free. Check them out. Amazing, amazing mindset that you kind of, to a certain degree, you have to have in this day and age where people you have to be realistic. You have to be realistic, and he's grateful to have his products out there. I know, I, by the same token, you want to have people support your product and buy it. But guess what? If you're if you take that approach. I'm more, as someone who doesn't pirate movies at all, and I know you don't, and I don't think any of our friends do that I'm aware of, we're all collectors, you buy it. Someone puts a movie out, you buy it. Maybe rent it originally on on, on Redbox to see if you like it, or watch it on Netflix, but if it's it's a well-made movie... We don't own pirated movies. I mean, movies that don't have any kind of release other than a VHS, obviously we're going to stop by like a VHS PS and and pick up those because there's no official release. But if there's an official release for something... uh, That's not out of print. That's not out of print, be it DVD or Blu-ray, we're buying it. Oh, absolutely. There's thousands... Count them thousands of movies between, you know, the group of five or six of us that are constantly, you know, going to these, uh, going to these events together. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're taking that route, saying, "Hey, I'm just glad to get my stuff out there," and and reasonably priced as well. DVDs fifteen, blues twenty, or was no, it no? No, it was actually blues were fifteen, DVDs ten. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. You, know, you bought a very cool. Uh, Troma Toxic Avenger bag for five bucks. Yeah. And and that was uh again, it was refreshing because I know everyone needs to make a living. Um, but it's nice when you could just approach approach Lloyd as a fan and it, it, and yeah, I'm I'm we're not comparing him to Steven Spielberg or or Martin Scorsese, but he is a maverick in what he's done. He is uh, he's const- constantly evolved with the times. He he has, um, and you know he just has so much more fun than any other person I've seen in this industry. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Um, you know, here a guy I don't know how old Lloyd is. He's dropping f bombs. It was hilarious. He had us both cracking up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just um, he. I I kind of wanted to almost tilt my head a little up because he's like, well, fucking Cannon fucked us on this one because he because <laughs> they were going under and they didn't fucking tell us. I know it's like and I kind of tilted my head up. I was like, oh, wearing a Cannon hat right now. I know, hide that Cannon hat, man. <laughs> um, but it, it was cool because and there wasn't any pressure to to uh, for us to buy anything. But you know what we did? We supported Lloyd. I bought a DVD, a blue. I felt you bought a bag. And uh, we, we said, and not that that five dollars is putting a dent in anything, but I mean, but still, I was just like, 
checking it out and you you know i own the toxic avenger movies um and other than that and a few other trauma movies like chopper chicks and zombie town and a few others i i'm not surf like no- s- <laughs> surf nazis must die yeah, uh Nukem High and Poultry Geist. And- uh, but I'm I feel more inclined to because of the way he handles that company and that organization. I feel more inclined to say, hey, I'm gonna look through the whole table just because I want. Let, let me look around. Let me see what's what's on there. And I mean, I didn't pick up a movie or anything. Uh, but you know what? I said, I, this bag's only five bucks. I gotta pick it up at least that. Whereas you know, if if they said, hey. What's going on? What do you? What can I get you? You know, I hate that when you walk up to a vendor table and they immediately they're pitching you before you well, even it, had a moment to look. Yeah, it's not even like a not even necessarily a pitch per se, but like they'll walk up and say, "Uh, what like can aggressively? Yeah, like what can I get you? Well, let me look and I'll fucking tell you if I want anything. And that's uh, that's another thing that uh uh you know someone like uh, Dan from Inked Up who. Just you walk up to the table, hey, how's it going? How's the weekend going? Like, just there to talk to you as on the same level as, a, you know, a fan. Not as, I'm a vendor, I'm running a business. But of course you're running a business. And the whole idea is to sell product. But at the same time, you need to, you're going to have more of a, you're going to have a better chance of pushing that product, putting yourself on the same level with the people that, you know, you're a fan too you know what exactly. i mean like you got into that business yeah presumably and some of those people i think they're a little bit on a on a higher horse uh just because they're like especially people who have a little bit more of a a little bit more in the public eye as far as the horror realm goes and well look and that's another thing joel robinson's another one he is like he's done covers for scream factory and he's done all this commissioned art for all these for magazines and and everything and the guy is there laughing it up and just complimenting people on their t-shirts and he doesn't ever try to put himself above anybody and you know the people that have uh, you don't see him stick around very long honestly yeah it's refreshing for sure um i guess my jean oh. jacket or my i don't have a jean jacket but sorry my... i just came from a horror convention i'm creeped out i just thought <laughs> someone was sneaking up on me um but uh, no some other fun guests it, it, like we discussed that it wasn't an, necessarily an extensive guest list and it's not what you'd uh consider you know for the genre a list or necessarily even it was B-list. a fun little con but it, it, it you know can can uh, Ken Sagos. Sagos, Swagos, uh, anyway, Kincaid from Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Part 3 Dream Warriors, Part 4 Dream Master was there. Uh, we stopped by his table, we chatted with him, he was flipping out on his hand, his little, uh, dorky handler from Fast Times Ridgemont High, Mark Ratner for not getting him whatever his, whoever his, uh, the handler that, you know, worked the con or whatever was keeping track of his things, uh, keep, not keep, appreciate no, it. no. He was not. If, somebody's, if you've ever been to these events, there's a few. One locally here um, near us, here in Syracuse area, called Scaracon. 
and we saw it again today, where they actually have a volunteer, you know, with their, in this case, their orange volunteer shirt, sitting with the celebrity guest, and they're tallying up how many autographs they sell or, you know, whatever else they have at their table, how many photos. I We don't know why they're doing that. We've called out Scaricon about that in the past. How, you know, what, what's the purpose of this? Um, but anyway, Ken did not care for them doing that because the kid <laughs> by the kid taking the time to tally up the fucking his his check marks on how much Ken's selling. Ken doesn't even fucking have any change to give back to people, and he's like, "I need fives. You know, it's just like, um, you know, Jesse had this great impersonation because Ken it just said, "I'll handle that." Get me some change. <laughs> he was at the end of his wits. Uh, and it's but at this by the same token, uh, the Cabin Fever cast, Marky Ramone, none of them had those handlers like checking things off either. So what is you why know what I mean? He, why was he spe- exactly what? Uh, you're absolutely right about that. Isn't That's, that strange? That, that is strange because I know by the same him. I noticed them at specific tables. Diane Franklin, for example, uh, Amityville 2, The Possession. Yeah, so why? She had one. Uh, But then a few people didn't. So, but yeah, speaking, that's a good segue. Like, Uh, we both had people that we were um, very interested in meeting. The whole reason we really made uh, the trek down there on this Saturday. What was your experience like with Marky Ramone? I know that that was your number one coming into this, because I'm going to share my number one, uh, the reason I went to this con later. I don't know if it was as positive as yours, but your number one was Marky Ramone. So thoughts on that encounter? Well, I mean, he's a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. He is, you know, uh, the most, he's the most consistent drummer of, you know, that was in the Ramones. He played on the most records. He toured the most with the band. Uh, and he uh, was definitely my favorite drummer by far. Uh, and I've met Richie before uh, at a show at a show that he played here in Syracuse, and he was really nice. And obviously, that was at a show, so he didn't charge or anything like that. Um, we have a special guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but Marky was, uh, you know. Exactly what I, you know, reserve. A, you know, a, a old Brooklyn boy. Like, hey, how you doing? Like, oh, you know. And he had a little binder of all like, uh, uh, you know, ask for pricing on these uh, tour laminates and tour programs souvenirs and and souvenirs from over the years that he's amassed. And uh, it was an ask for pricing thing. I didn't ask because I didn't want to bust out my credit card and say, hey, you want to swipe this? I'll take that uh, Mondo Bizarro. Uh, tour laminate from you uh but yeah he was uh you know i got a my end of the century vinyl uh signed by him uh i got a photo with him and yeah it was probably this pretty clear-cut transaction i didn't want to really uh hound the guy too much just kind of asked him a quick question regarding a, a, a recording and uh yeah, he was just, uh, and then he inquired about, you know, the records. He's like, oh, these are original, original pressings. Yeah, yeah, I found them at, you know, a local record store. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was a positive uh, meet and greet for sure. And obviously, you know, knocking out, you know, all four original Ramones members are dead now. And Marky, Richie, CJ, uh, two drummers, and the replacement bass player they had for Dee Dee uh, are the only ones left, you know, 
Uh, so, and I haven't met CJ yet. Uh, Lou, who was on the first part of the Stephen King podcast, met CJ down at a show he went to, um, and said CJ was, uh, nothing but, like, super nice, and he was the youngest Ramon, uh, for sure. Uh, and he was, so he's the last living Ramon that I need to, uh, need to meet, so hopefully I'll be able to do that soon, but yeah, it was great. Yeah, my only feedback, uh, and it didn't pertain to him specifically, is the fact that he didn't have uh, his prices posted, which I think is one of the more annoying things that yeah. guests at a convention can do. Um, when you're when you're telling your fans they need to ask <laughs> what the fuck the price is for an autograph <laughs> or a photo, I don't I don't care for that. And also the fact that <laughs> we were talking how you paid a set amount. And then there was another guy uh, shortly thereafter who came up, and he charged him $10 more. And it was like, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's just no consistency, and, and, and that's very aggravating to me. Because yeah. you you shouldn't have to be put in the awkward, awkward predicament of where you've made it all the way to the front of the line, and you're like, uh, how, how much is it? Oh, it's that amount? Eh. You're not worth that about to me. <laughs> so I wish they would just make it a little more straightforward before you even enter the line. Right, hey, right. this is what the, the, the charge is. Um, I've got a big problem with people that don't post it or people that change their prices from one day of the convention to the next like it's a fucking fuel shortage after Hurricane Katrina or something. You know, it's like, dude, your autograph did not go up in value $10 overnight, bitch. Um, you know, which segues into the next point. My number one at this convention, Sean Astin, who Goonies. Oh yeah, I forgot to ask you earlier. Mike have you Walsh. seen Have you seen Encino Man? A long time ago with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, in Pauly Shore. In Pauly Shore, it's been a long time. But I was surprised he had an eight by ten of that on there. I was almost tempted. It, it was a little strange because um, probably the most. Uh, the most popular thing he's done in recent memory, I know he had, you know, that just that generic Stranger Things title 8 by 10 because he's apparently going to be in the upcoming season, season 2. But he was a prominent character on The Strain, which is a really popular show on FX that I've been getting into on Hulu. Yeah. Um, he, he was a prominent character for the first season of that show, and I didn't see anything from there. So it's kind of random. You don't, uh, one of your most recent and popular works, you have nothing. Um, but yet he's, uh, you know, he's got a fucking uh, Encino Man 8x10, a Toy Soldiers 8x10. Where Carrie um, Green literally only had uh, an 8x10 uh, headshot uh, and two Of her goon- looking like Zelda from freaking Pet Cemetery, <laughs> And then two, just two Goonies and nothing from... Nothing from Summer, Lucas. Nothing from Lucas or Summer, Summer Rental. And she almost seemed uh, surprised, not to jump back and forth, but she almost seemed surprised that I even asked about... Lu- like, oh, there's nothing from Lucas? Oh, Lucas? No. Well, bitch, you only were in three memorable films. How are you not going to have... How are you not going to have an 8x10 from Lucas? At least one. At least, you know, something. Anyway, so that those two, to give people some perspective who, uh, who may have wanted to meet them, um, they had them down a completely separate hallway, segregated in a different part. In of the that. smallest room I've ever seen anyone sign. Yeah, they they were. Pre- I I thought that was the uh, supply closet for the cleaning people, but um, they had fucking <laughs> Sean Astin and and Carrie Green sitting in there. Um, so, what was your experience with uh, if you had to, you know, 
it, how was your experience in your... I mean, I was right there with you, just like well, you were with when I met uh, Marky, but... Well, it was nice. I think we, we had good timing when we just sort of just stumbled oh, upon timing. that line because unbeknownst to us, they were they had just been doing a panel and were about to return. So you and I were like the first ones in line for Aston. When I turned around and looked at how huge the line was moments later, it was, it was pretty significant. Um, but, you know, all in all, uh, the fact that we got up and it was like, you know, they fucking the security was no you wait outside the door you know let in one at a time it's like homie you know it's, it's okay you know what i mean <laughs> we to even get to this point didn't we get like screened by armed security guards and uh, the room's so small i mean it's not gonna be hard to clothesline someone if they try running out of there with the with the 206 or 250 dollars that carrot green's already accumulated from five six people <laughs> seriously it, so that was a little awkward and uncomfortable um but then once you got in there you know sean he he definitely had a decent selection but to to get up on uh a pedestal a soapbox and and bitch about the fact that no table photo ops is a ridiculous trend in in conventions and i think it's really falls on the convention itself right for them to make money on the photo ops i'm not sure the logistics behind that so i, I, I can't really yeah, say i would like to i would really like to delve into it you know there's certain industry people that um ha- have a much better insight that i'd like to pick their brain sometime like a sean clark and find out what okay what what exactly um is the motivation for doing that but it really sucks when you're talking it was just a few years ago and there were people even as big as john carpenter um for you know 20 or 30 bucks taking uh, not only getting an autograph from them, but taking a, a photo with them at their table. Um, now, I think it's so so much of it's money motivated in the sense that they're trying to expedite the process, getting people through that line. The more autographs that they can sign, the more money they're generating. Every time you have to stop, somebody has to get out their camera, oh, that one is that's not a good one, your eyes were closed, or w- whatever the case, that slows down that line that's less autographs they can sign opposed to they do a professional photo op where one they're making more money and two they're just churning people out if you've ever been in a professional photo op it's literally all right come on quick you stand on the x you look at the camera smile next next person comes in so they're they're breezing through You're, you're talking in one minute like 10 people already got their photograph taken with a celebrity so i think it's it's purely money motivated not taking table photo ops, but when you're charging fucking $50 to sign your name on an 8x10 that I know your ass didn't even print off, you know, some of these people freaking printed it in the hotel lobby on the free printer, um, you know, other people, you know, told their agent to go down to Kinko's, I don't know if they still have those, but the bottom line is $50 to sign your name and you you, you can't even take a photo with your fans at your table. It's like, oh, well, you know, and then you question their, their people about it. And the woman's like, well, you can uh, you can take a picture of him signing it. Yeah, great. That's, that's just what I want to fucking put so a photo that. up on my wall of Sean Aston <laughs> signing <laughs> something. It's like, bitch, please. Um, that's, that's a great picture. Look how happy I was. I know. I, I, oh, I'm not in it. You know, Bobby the Brain Heenan took this fucking picture. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, it, it, that, to me, that's... Uh, 
that's exciting. And then they're then they're These trying to promote of... the the photo op though. Remember, she's like, "Well, it's only you know a hundred dollars for the photo. Oh, only a hundred dollars, bitch. Maybe Sean Astin can make that in a hot second by selling two autographs. But the normal man has to work fucking an entire day or more to make a hundred dollars. Like, I'll just go across the hall to the photo op. No, bitch. How about you take a photo with me right here at the table? Yeah. <laughs> You know, so that's my rant as far as that. Well, it, no one really gets into complaining about some of the how the costs have went up and what are actually. You know, if you're charging fifty dollars, you know, you put it into perspective. What's what's that incurring for them? What's the efforts that are really incurring for them? Well, particularly I mean, Sean Aston, he signed an S and an A, and then just Mikey underneath, and literally that was it with the amount of effort he put into signing that photo the fucking guy would only need one sharpie for the entire convention he would it would even even run out you know (laughs) that was like it was pathetic the amount of effort and that it's just it sometimes that's why i'm reluctant to even meet people that you idolize from your childhood in movies like the goonies or you know loving rudy and loving the lord of the rings and because it just it puts a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth because I don't know what my expectation is or if it's even unrealistic but when you go in there and someone's just like hi hi and then you just they sign and then you're gone you're just like that was it that sucks <laughs> you know what I mean yeah and I haven't had, honestly, and we've discussed this, I haven't really had a bad experience I've had those experiences that are just kind of like hey how you doing? Who, who's this going out to? okay Hey, thank you. And that, was, and then, and that's pretty much. Uh, that was Sean. For yeah, sure. that's more or less like you know you'll get a lot of those, but it, it, it gets it, it, the people that go above and beyond definitely compensate. Let's for that. let's you know shift I mean? like, let's shift gears into that. Who are some of the the best uh, guests you've met as far as being engaging, and... uh, appreciative, warm, welcoming. I'm going to tell you right now, my number one, and I think it's unmatched, is D. Wallace. Very, super nice, like, almost uh, came across like a, a mother figure, for sure. Was asking, you know, where'd you drive from? That's really far. Uh, oh, I hope, you, you know, better drive safe. You better just... drive safe driving back. You aren't driving back tonight. Oh, yeah, we are. Well, you better drive safe. You got better make sure you guys got coffee or whatever, like she was just saying. showing a like, genuine interest in, in people and just yeah. being uh, compassionate. And you know what, D. Wallace, for a lot of reasons, is sort of the standard that everybody else should live up to as far as I'm concerned um, when it comes to being a convention guest. It's not just how gracious she is towards her fan, but uh, the selection of... No, number one, the price is it's been pretty she's consistent. A legend in the, twenty she, or thirty bucks somewhere in that. She's a legend in the genre. The last that when I met her, she was twenty dollars. The last time I saw her at a convention was uh, about a year ago, and she was still twenty dollars. And, and the for a photo of, with her and something signed off, and her not table. just eight by tens, but they had right there beautiful that, eleven a, by seventeen Cujo glossy art. And that's that right there. It, it's there's nothing again not to keep harping on Sean Astin and, and Carrie Green, but um, it, there's nothing more disappointing than when you wait in someone's line and you get up there and you have to fork over fifty bucks and literally there's a fucking selection of three photos. You're like, um, did you not know you were gonna you were making an appearance? 
You know, did they did they shovel your ass out of bed this morning and drop you off at the Renaissance Hotel? It's just like, how don't you have more than three, three photos? I think it's a lack of like thought. Like, oh, geez, like, you know. Whereas, uh, but the same token, like you have uh, Ken Sagos who had several different eight by tens from. The two uh, Elm Street, no, Elm films, Street yeah. films, and he had two like really, I think three really nice uh, eleven by seventeen art prints from those movies, and that's uh, on top of selling you know his 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 organization uh, hats and uh, shirts and things like that, donating you know donating funds to uh, some inner city children that uh, underprivileged children. So Ken's a great guy. Um, and I think that resonates with fans when they see that you're actually making a legitimate effort. Um, and Dee Wallace is the queen of that. She always has an amazing selection. Oh my god, she had uh, All crazy. her movies, so many iconic roles, and she has all, all of them covered. And that's why it's no excuse, you know, Carrie Green, if you only have two roles and you only have one of them covered. But she's also, you gotta remember though, she's also someone that... By all accounts, it's her first convention appearance ever. One, she may not have thought she was going to have anything really substantial as far as uh, a line or anything. Two, she probably didn't bring anything from Lucas or Summer Rental because she figures uh, those movies really weren't big. Not really realizing that there is a fan base for both those films. For sure, that, that's what I was looking for was something um, Lucas related. But and you're right. And in, in in fairness, you know, having they were sort of pitching her as with Aston. The photos were together and everything, so maybe the thought yeah. was it's going to be a Goonies reunion strictly. You know, and I'm not really shitting on her. I'm not trying to because she was perfectly pleasant. It's just... Perfectly uh, pleasant. It's just a, a lack of thought that goes into uh, into some of this from some of these people. What's and, uh, Who are some other... You agree with Dee Wallace. Who was someone else that went above and beyond? or Not even above and beyond, but was just like... You, you felt... You laughed and you're like, man, that was... You know, we what mentioned a great, what a great uh, human, a- Adrian Barbo. You know, we mentioned yeah. that she's she's sort of in line as far as I'm concerned with D. Wallace, someone who's always been very reasonable about her prices, twenty or thirty dollars, depending on the show. You know, somewhere in that range, which includes uh, the photo with her. The photo with her. She always has a huge selection. Um, I consider both those women to be uh, iconic, to be oh, legends top, top, of the genre, top tier of of female in the genre for sure. Um, and, and, you know, I, I recall a convention even where I was inquiring about some of the, the, the filming locations from The Fog, John Carpenter's The Fog, because that's something I like to try to do if I have time to, to take a little vacation, go visit filming locations. Uh, and she actually physically took my cell phone and said, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in your notes. I'll jot down some of the different locations um, that you can actually go and still visit, like where the lighthouse, mm-hmm. um, Which where that awesome. was shot. And, and it's just like, it's stuff like that where she already got, at that point, she already had her $20 for signing something. Yeah, I mean, so. you, didn't, you didn't have to do any more, but it's, it's sort of going above and beyond to, 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 to recognize and show appreciation for your fans who ultimately made your career by, you know, seeing your movies in the theaters, uh, or, or buying them when they hit video. And so. they're still supporting you by giving you money at a convention. <laughs> Absolutely. To sign. So, uh, 
I, I know one we've talked about already. Uh, you know, George, always huge, amazing, over-the-top selection. Probably the biggest selection I've ever seen of anybody at a convention was George Romero. Sure. Uh, always super personable and nice. Well, you know, we've kind of discussed that. Bill Mosley, another one, always has a rad selection, always decently priced. Sid Haig. Super personable. Sid Haig. Uh, the, the literally... I think the only person you'll ever meet outside the driller killer, maybe, who uh, is charging $10 an autograph if you bring your own item. That's unprecedented now. Yeah. That's unprecedented. Oh, yeah, now it is. Um, and uh, Sid, Sid, a good guy for sure. And a lot of these people are, are more of the regulars yeah. that you see at a Tom, lot of these Tom Atkins is another one. Super. He, when I, he was the very first person I met at the very first convention I went to. And he was strutting and dancing and going it. And I mean, he's not a spring chicken. He's been around for I don't know how old he is. Had but. so much energy and was at. Oh, what you boys? You you came out here. Where'd you come from? Like just super you know, wants to know. Like now, what am I signing here? Am I? What are we getting? Are we getting uh, creeps? Are we getting lethal weapon? What are we getting? Like he just he's and I think super some of the, enthusiastic about it. And some of the old timers, I think, have. A better understanding oh, of how to attract people to their table. Here's another bit of feedback for anybody listening to this. It, 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 if you're a celebrity, the absolute worst thing you can do to turn people off and and dissuade people from stopping by your table is to just slouch down behind your table in your chair, look miserable, and be on your cell phone the entire time. It's like, listen, if you don't have any guests, get up. Walk around, pull a Miko Hughes like he did today, and and go browse the vendors or something. Yeah. Act like, uh, uh, you know, you don't hate your life. You're not miserable. Uh, I think that that's even when Tom doesn't have anybody in his line. Like you said, he's up dancing, and uh, I think that's important. You know, to to sort of convey your enthusiasm, your excitement for being here, and it's contagious. People wanna people wanna meet you, and yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, some other... Who, who are some other guests at this particular uh, convention? They definitely had more guests than vendors, I would say. Yeah. There was, it was um, skewed that I direction. mean, they had the Night of the Demons, uh, several, the Night of the Demons You cast. met Kevin Tenney. Met Kevin Tenney. So uh, what was that experience like? Uh, super nice guy. Uh, down to earth. Uh, you know, sat there and talked with him for, I don't know, what was it? Probably 10 Probably, minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I kind of asked him, uh, cause he had a big, uh, carrying case of, uh, you know, a bunch of the movies, the newer releases, you Some know, the, screen, the, the screen factory of Night of the Demons. Demons and things like that. So I go, I go, well, what's the deal with that? Witch Did they trap, give you, which, he had Witch Trap, he had Witch Board. Witch Board was Screen Factory, yeah. Yep. And, then um, and I go, well, what's, how do you get, how do you, do they give you those or what's the deal? And he goes, well, you know, they'll, they'll sell them to me at a very reduced price, which I'd kind of always wondered about some of these guys that show up with uh, all these movies. Like, did they buy them at full price or were they given to, was it given to him? And obviously, I, you know, it makes sense. You get them at a, a real reduced price. So that's cool that he had all of his, literally anything I think that was released uh, that on a Blu-ray was there. Yeah. Um, My personal was, favorite, Demolition University with Corey Haim. <laughs> that only got, a, I think, a bare bones uh, DVD release, so he didn't have any of that. But um, Was yeah, he MGM? Him? No, it, it it was. I want to say it was like one of those, you know, Walmart, you know, five dollar bin, like the Mill Creek or the, you know, that artisan. That, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it has. Uh, if I'm if if I'm not mistaken, my copy has like a 
a picture of Corey Haim's head floating in the clouds. It like has nothing oh, to do yeah. with the film, but oh yeah, yeah um, I've seen that one. Actually. Yeah, so but yeah, Kevin Kevin yeah. seemed pretty uh, pretty happy to be there. He seemed uh, yeah yeah he uh, like I said he had a cool he had cool stuff like super down to earth guy and it was cool to talk to him about Night of the Demons just because that's such a such a uh, favorite movie of mine. Uh, so yeah, that was really cool. Uh, another guy, he's twenty dollars. Uh, he doesn't really. I don't see him a lot on the convention circuit. First time, I, first act. time I've ever seen him out there. First time I've seen him appear at anything on the East Coast. I know he's done some stuff, uh, you know, out Texas way, and I think uh, out in California. Is that where too. he's from? He's from. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I believe he's from California. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, yeah, it was really, uh, really a neat experience to kind of just bullshit with him about uh, Night of the Demons and talk to him a little bit about Witch Trap uh, as well. But. Uh... Overall, they, you know, not a lot of guests, but they had a couple other reunions. They had uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween reunion where yeah. Danielle Harris had to, had to drop out at the last moment, but they still had, you know, Tyler Maine, who played Michael Myers, and Scout Taylor Compton. It was Laurie, and um, they had a People Under the Stairs reunion um, yep. with a few people. Uh, yeah, so it was overall, overall not if, you a, had to, if you had to rate it, uh, you know, kind of a 1 to 10 for experience... Uh, I would say it was a it was a solid six, you know. I would say, <laughs> I would say you know, and that's uh, uh, that's not trying to be too critical uh, of it. Um, I I do think it was it was managed pretty well. I just mean uh, for the the drive time and uh, you know paying admission, we, we breezed through it fairly quickly. Yeah, you know, it's uh there there weren't a ton of guests and there weren't a ton of um a ton of vendors and that's why you and i were talking about how how little that uh that convention was promoted and we speculated that perhaps they were promoting more heavily in the local area um yeah and, and because it cer- it certainly seemed like you know you wouldn't have been disappointed if that was your scaricon like scaricons to us in syracuse right. uh or verona it i don't think you'd be disappointed if you if you you drove a half hour in um, but certainly it's, uh, I, I don't know necessarily if it's, if it's worth committing an entire day to in the future, unless of course, like you said, I asked you that exact same question and you said it's, it, it's really guest dependent because that's ultimately what brought us out there today. It wasn't an intrigue to see a new convention. It was, yeah. Hey, there were a couple people we've always wanted to meet you, Ramon and, and me, Sean Aston and, and Carrie Green to a certain degree. Yeah. So that, that motivated us to make the trip out there today, but, uh. Yeah, I think it was, uh, I think all things considered, it went smoothly. I'd say, you know, probably between a six and a seven. What about you? Yeah, I would give it a, yeah, seven sounds good. I mean, just because I had a good time, like, I didn't think it was, uh, wasn't hard to navigate through, uh, everyone seemed, staff seemed, uh, relatively friendly, uh, you know. Agreed, yeah, 100%. Uh, It's, uh. And I think it's it it definitely has the potential to to grow and uh, and get better. Everything seemed to work out well for them today. Like you said, it didn't seem like they had a lot of hiccups. But you know, I know a lot of people that we saw. The only real dissension we saw is people getting pissed off about you know lack of table photo ops. But yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. So that's kind of our uh, little review on the New Jersey Horror Con. Uh, Four hours there, uh, about 
four uh, four hours to drive there, about four hours spent there, and then about four hours back. So that was our twelve hour day. Absolutely, and, and you're right. It was a pleasure. It was. Uh, look forward to the next one. Yeah, uh, you can find us on Heart God, or on. That's I don't I, I'm not fucking editing anything and I don't give a fuck who likes it. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Heart God Media and on Twitter at Heart God Media. Uh, and yeah, we're gonna be back uh, next weekend with some uh, new episodes. And this is the third episode of this weekend. We have the two part Stephen King episode that just dropped. First part with Lou Smith, uh, and the second part with john who you've heard on this podcast as well and and the tyler brothers et and bt and those are those were really fun uh really fun uh episodes uh so check those out uh subscribe on itunes uh we're also on soundcloud if you have an android and you don't you're not part of the apple world and uh if you do go to itunes leave a five-star rating and review uh and yeah let us know what you want to hear on uh you know for possible topics on the podcast and uh yeah thanks for stopping by and we'll see you next weekend